Welcome to Care More, Be Better, a podcast for people like you who care about the social impact of conscious companies and everyday heroes. Hear inspiring stories from those who put people and planet before profit and personal gain. You'll learn how you can make a difference, vote with your dollars, and get involved today. Here's your host, Karina Belizzi. Hello, fellow do-gooders and friends. I'm your host, Karina Belizzi. Today, we're going to dive into the wide world of entertainment and how it can both raise awareness, improve our understanding of social issues, and elevate important voices to the main stage of mass media. I'm thrilled to introduce you to a versatile and talented Colombian-Italian actress and producer, Aurora Cosio, who plays a supporting role in the top crime drama and Netflix series, Griselda. It debuted worldwide and is already number one in multiple countries as it streams on Netflix. Cosio portrays Estella, a pivotal character opposite Sofia Vergara's formidable crime boss, Griselda Blanco, in this series. She speaks three languages, a polyglot, English, Spanish, and Italian, and works consistently in multiple countries. Cosio has been a part of successful projects globally, including her role in the second season of La Selección, and appearances in renowned series like La Reina del Sur and Verdad Oculto. Her recent portrayal of Sergeant Melissa Downs in the 2021 film The Ritual Killer alongside Morgan Freeman and Cole Hauser further attests to her international acclaim. While Cosio currently resides in Santa Monica, California, she frequently shuttles between Italy and Colombia, maintaining a consistent presence in the industry. And I have to apologize for my pronunciation of some of these films. I'm sure she can happily correct me. Thank you so much for joining me today, Aurora Cosio, and welcome to the show. Thank you, Karina. Thank you so much for having me. You have Belizzi, an Italian last name. Yeah, well, I'm actually French and Sicilian, and I learned French, but not Italian, so... Sicilian <laughs> isn't easy to learn. I mean, Sicilian is not Italian, it's a dialetto, like... Yeah, dialectic. Mm-hmm. ...of the language. It's awesome, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> My great-grandfather used to say he only spoke English after arriving here in the United States, but he said things like papakin for napkin and among other things. He was from Sicily, so of course it was much different back in the 1920s when he arrived. Now, you have such an incredible backstory, and as I was looking at your background, I discovered that you have a background in psychology and even have an Instagram page called Good Morning Happiness. I wanted to just start there and really get to understand what it is that motivated you to start this page and what you hope it will bring the world. So I am an actress. I am a storyteller. I consider myself an artist, but I have other you have some and as anyone else, other gifts and talents to share to the world. And for me, it was more about to connect with my life purpose. And of course, acting is, I accomplished one dream that I always wanted since I was a little girl. But then I understood that I had a purpose in my life and was to connect with people and to share my knowledge and to be able to spread love and joy. And that's how Good Morning Happiness was born. Was born because I have, yes, a degree in psychologist also, but is Good Morning Happiness is a program 
is my brand, Good Morning Happiness by Aurora Cosio. But I am designing right now, designing this brand with my team with objective to give people who are struggling right now with mental issues, with any emotional and physical pain that understand that you can train your brain and you can also use as a co-helper laughter therapy so you can improve your lifestyle. And I have a medical condition called dysautonomia, P-O-T-S. When I was dealing with and uh, struggling with the symptoms and believing and thinking that I wouldn't be able to do accomplish my dreams as an artist, I understood that all the resources that uh, are inside us and there are no limits. There are no limits at all. I mean, the sky, not even <laughs> the sky is a limit. When I was dealing with the symptoms, I was in a position where when you are dealing and struggling with physical pain or anything that is affecting your well-being, you cannot see like the whole vision. You cannot see the, the sky, the blue sky, because you are, everything is kind of dark or gray in your life. But in moments, I was just deciding to turn on the TV on those specific sitcoms and those projects that laugh was involved. And doing it daily, like every day as a routine, I understood that something was changing inside me. All the hormones that I was activating was affecting in a positive way my well-being, my life. And then I decided to add to my routine other kind of exercises and working and I studied neuroplasticity of the brain my father is a neurosurgeon, so my father is part of my project. And that's how I understood that we all have superpowers. And it is true. No, it's not just limited for kids and all these cartoon and animations <laughs> just for entertaining. You know, it's not. It is true. We have superpowers that we need to activate inside us. And the brain is a huge resource because we don't know how it works and the chemistry of the brain works, we don't understand how powerful we can be. And actually we can do whatever we want. And I'm not kidding when I'm saying that. Well, I came to this country like knowing no one, to be honest, and I am accomplishing one dream that are so many other actors from so many other countries and including native from here that they don't understand how come a person who just moved here and of course I have a journey. It's not like I moved yesterday. It's been like six years. But what I'm trying to say is that I had a vision in my mind and I learned how to put in the big screen of my mind exactly what I wanted to reach. And that's how Good Morning Happiness is a program with steps where I'm giving so much training and knowledge and educating people who are struggling right now with a medical condition, with an illness, is open. It's a huge community. I'm not limited for a specific, maybe, population. It's open to everybody who actually really wants to find joy in the process and wants to improve the quality of life. So I'm just trying to respond <laughs> to your question. No, it's a noble cause. And I will say, I think that your father and probably you as well would really enjoy my interview with George Paxinos, 
He's a neuroscientist who is of Greek origin, but who lives and works in Australia. And he's identified more areas of the brain than anybody else on the planet. He's also the most cited scientist that exists. So it's pretty incredible. He actually wrote a book, which was his vision of wanting to have a greater impact in the world of environmentalism. He felt like he failed at that. And so he wrote a novel that he wanted to come on the show and talk about. What is the name of the book? The name of the book is his first and only novel. He said he's written it for more than two decades. It's called A River Divided. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you said another name. And I was like, I don't know that one. Yes, I know. It's a huge novel. It's very important for everybody of us who actually are researching about these important, powerful brains. He's just an incredible individual. So at any rate, I very much have enjoyed getting to know the Griselda series. After your team reached out, I'd already dabbled in one or two of the episodes. I think I'd watched one and a half episodes before they reached out. I'm like, I know that show. I need to go watch the whole thing and discover more about Aurora. Now you play a supporting role and you're alongside Griselda. I would love for you to tell the story of what it was like to be a part of this cast, bringing to life such colorful stories that are historically significant, tragic, beautiful, powerful. I mean, it's really an incredible series. I'd just love you to talk about what it was like to be a part of it. Well, it was like feeling, I felt like I was kind of at home because 90% of the cast are Colombian. For me, I felt that. I felt that everybody was very particular about being together and eating Colombian food and stuff. And it was very nice. It was an amazing experience because you are attracting, as we said before. I was asking and putting in that screen of my mind something international, something and a project that could give me that sense of exposure. Correct me if I'm saying it wrong. <laughs> So since I speak, as you said, three languages, and I also work in Italy in diverse projects, in leading roles and so many, you know, different kind of also TV, movies, for me was just being in in the United States, uh, the idea was that, you know, this is an important platform. And the fact that I was able to speak in Spanish, since I don't have a lot of works speaking in Spanish because mostly of my career took place in Italy. So uh, the experience about working with Sofia and such an amazing cast, the actor, the director is amazing. And the producer, everyone, the showrunners, the writers, everyone was very committed to really make this a big deal. (laughs) And it turns out that it is a big deal because it's the number one in the world right now. And it's been like, I think three weeks, four weeks, and it's still the number one. So I believe we actually accomplished something that we were putting there, all that energy and enthusiasm and joy. And that's how Griselda, which is based on a true story. I know previously so many other producers, I believe also Catherine Zeta-Jones, she was portraying also Griselda in, in another project. But the particularity, I mean, this project is special because 
Sofia is Colombian and Griselda was Colombian. This is the first dramatic role of Sofia and the director is also Colombia. He did such an amazing work humanizing the characters. That was the key, not just him. I mean, everybody was part of this project. So I feel very happy <laughs> about it. There's been so few really strong leading roles for Latina women, especially those that are kind of bilingual and get that kind of attention, that I feel personally like this is pushing change in the industry as a whole, because it's always hard for films that have quite a bit of subtitles to really succeed in the marketplace here in the United States. That has proven to be an exception for what you could almost refer to as a series going back to Narcos and its success on Netflix and now Griselda. Now, Narcos and that series put some actors really on the map. And what was his name? Is it Pedro Pascal? I think there's like memes about him now. But there's so many specific individuals who've really risen from those ranks and into other meaningful projects, many of whom are Spanish speakers too, and that are integrating more of this language into mass media, really, because this kind of the power of these streaming platforms like Netflix, right? You see the kind of attention. It's like that gripping story that keeps people wanting more. They get past that second episode and they're just hooked. They want to stay up till three in the morning and finish the series. I mean, that was my shoes, right? Like I was like, okay, what's happening next? And I think that's the power of these kinds of stories. The thing that struck me too was that while I was aware of a female who had been in this particular type of role, I didn't have any memory of a Griselda Blanco. Like, I remember stories that I'd heard about that. And I think there was even an integration of a powerful character like her that found its way into Breaking Bad, if I recall. So I think there's been echoes of her history that have come forward. How do you think it's different now? What's the power of this particular story? And do you think it will change Hollywood? I do. (laughs) You know what? This is such an amazing, I mean, the fact that I'm part of a project 100% of the time, I mean, we are speaking in Spanish and it's been so successful in the United States. It's changing. I mean, we are gaining a little bit more of maybe value. I mean, when you don't feel recognized or, I mean, when people say, I see you, I see you means like, hey, it's so important that connect in so many other levels. There is just as love doesn't have just one language. It's important that we can communicate and we can tell stories that are actually, I mean, in the original language. And that is changing everything. One particular thing that I really like is the fact that I've been here for six years, more or less, yes. And every time I'm hearing, you know, you have an accent and so you you are not right for this part or casting directors maybe rejecting you and not considering you agents managers and the whole industry because you have an accent and maybe just Sofia is also changing and have changed everything. Well, Salma Hayek has an accent, but there are just a few ones. Yeah. There's so, if it's not, I don't know how else to put it, but it's like, they're the big star, right? Like there's only so many that there's really space for. And, and it gets this feeling like, oh, well, you have to be the best of the best of the best elite. So that still makes it feel impossible. Right. Like, 
oh, well, I'll never be this. I mean, you could envision it all day long and hope and, and plan and build towards that, but run into so many stumbling blocks that you just get discouraged and give up. And that's what happens to so many people. They get discouraged and they give up on the arts. They get discouraged. They get rejected so many times. They get told they're not right. They're not right. They're not right. That they go, okay, well, you know, I guess I'm going to go find a day job. And there's that stick that some people like yourself are able to really kind of grab hold of, but it can be so taxing <laughs> for anybody to deal with that level of rejection Sometimes even coming, hearing back, oh, well, they just didn't like the way you looked. And it's like, well, what about the way I looked? Or they didn't like the way you spoke. They didn't like your accent. You're not right for it. That goes really deep. And that's why I train myself very hard. And I keep training myself the day that I don't apply my exercises and working on my self-confidence by affirmation and specific exercises that I'm implementing, I mean, that I'm designing in the program. If I don't do that, it's not just impossible to keep working in the industry. It's just not, for me, it's not impossible even to live in this life, in this world, because it's so easy if you are not strong in your mind. It's so easy to get lost, to get into addiction, any kind of addiction. We are not just talking about drug addiction or, you know, specifically there are so many kind of ways to get sick and compromise your mental health. So if I don't do that, for me, working in this program is showing myself love and commitment to my dreams and those goals that are very clear in my mind. When I was doing the program, I was in that moment where I was feeling everything was so many rejections, so many. It's not just because how you look is now you have to add more, I mean, aspects or things to keep in mind. So your accent, your the training, blah, 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 blah. So many things that you just get nuts and crazy. And as you said before, there are so many friends that just left and came back to their countries or just changed completely career because it was just too much to handle. It is so important to be strong here so you are able to accomplish those goals. Yeah. I mean, my little sister lived in Santa Monica for several years while she was pursuing her desire. She was a hairstylist and working with a really elite hairstylist, going to Paris, doing fashion shows, stuff like that. Right. So she was involved with a lot of media types and actors and actresses. And the pressure really started to get to her too. She started to feel like she had to look a certain way, act a certain way, have a certain clothes, look the part. And I think if you're somebody from the outside looking in, it's easy to criticize all of that. But when you're living it every day and hearing things that perhaps you weren't supposed to be told, like your agent wasn't supposed to tell you exactly what they said as they were rejecting you, partially to protect you, right? But sometimes somebody's filter is not good and they tell you exactly what was said. And then suddenly now you've got this insecurity that can get right in front of you and raise its ugly head. When as an actor, part of your skill set is learning to be truly vulnerable and in being vulnerable, get into the character and getting into the character to make it believable. So it's like you're supposed to keep yourself guarded at the same time that you're supposed to be able to dive into a role. And it's just, these are opposite desires. <laughs> it's crazy. So many things that Recently, I got a feedback, I mean, because I was asking, I want feedback from just 
anytime that I'm showing myself for specifically roles and I'm with agents and stuff. And I asked my manager to give me that information and to say, you know, they are saying these. And I say, well, yeah, I felt the same. We are not a good fit because these and these and these and these, but in another moment, and I could handle it. It was so cruel. I mean, a person asked me a second before, can you neutralize your accent? And I was like, you don't do that to an artist, to an actor. I mean, I am about to performance for you. And this is going to ruin exactly my performance in this moment. So it's a very, as you said before mentioned, if you are not very strong here, everything can just pull you down. You know, it's very easy because we are human beings. And as an artist specifically, you have that sensibility. It's very particular. And this business can be very cool, can be very, very cool. <laughs> I hope I'm saying the word. I think you are. It's definitely coming through. Now, I understand as well, like we've talked about kind of the seriousness of Griselda, impact on culture, the fact that we're seeing more Spanish-speaking voices come forward and more authentic Latina actresses like yourselves be able to come to a stage that gets the kind of attention that Griselda is getting, which I think is amazing. They could have cast much better known actress like a Salma Hayek or something like that in this role. But for me, the casting was genius. Like every single person seemed to be perfectly selected, very believable, easy to get into the story and easy to see that this now would open the door for more stories like this to be told. My only real fear about Griselda is that because it's the story of narcotics and crime, that those are the sorts of stories that we'll continue to hear. And I know there are so many more complex stories that we could work to tell. And I hope that we see more humanizing stories from other Latin speaking cultures, Spanish speaking cultures in particular. For sure. I'm not, I'm not excusing what Stella Maikai and Griselda did. This is something that happened in the past so many years ago for a particular curiosity. And that is the main reason that this project came to a reality. I heard this Jennifer Lopez, who wants to play also the same character doing another one of her projects. I was asking me that. Why actresses want to play this specific character? And even though, you know, we are not telling as a storyteller something that can be inspired, can serve as inspiration, it is very challenging for an actress to portray a character like her. It's very interesting amazing because it's full of so many colors and it's a world where a woman she did something i'm not excusing anything again what she did but it's so incredible how griselda blanco the real griselda has such a difficult childhood was so hard and so much trauma in her world in her body also and the way she became Griselda and most important mafiosa, narco-trafficking, not women in the story in that moment, it's very interesting to share that story because she was a mother also. In her world, in her mind, she was excusing what she was doing because she wanted to give her sons a better life, the life that she never had. That story, how you navigate into, because for me, putting her in a psychological profile, she's more, how do you say that? 
A psychopath? Psychopathic? Thank you, psychopathic. Yeah, she has everything. So it's very interesting and challenging for an actress. Yeah, and then, of course, I'm telling people, this is, well, we don't want to go and encourage people, the population to go and do illegal stuff. Quite the opposite. That how Good Morning Happiness for me is like a balance. I'm just an actress. And as a storyteller, I'm just sharing a story, a real story. But I'm also, this is the human condition. There's light and there is the shadow. So how we can put these worlds in the middle balancing all these force that is very interesting to understand and to explain how the sun comes out and then the moon also at night and this is how our human condition works all those emotions coming forwards and the ego and that need of power to show and approve and those are all the traumas and emotional pain that we have and we are carrying from our childhood. Well, and it's an incredibly complex role that she plays. Now, as you stand today, I know that you spend quite a bit of effort also with comedic roles. And I kind of wondered what the primary differences are for you preparing for something that is perhaps more dramatic versus preparing yourself to be in a comedy that you might produce or act in. Yesterday, I was working in... in this audition, I was sending this audition for comedy. Yeah, comedy, even though people think that it's easier than drama, comedy is not easy. It's harder than drama. I can cry very easily, <laughs> to be honest, if I want to. Comedy has so many layers. I'm a huge fan of this sitcom Friends. I'm a huge, huge, huge fan. I was studying their characters, each one separately. And I was like very into the fact that it is very important to understand that every time that you are trying to make someone laugh, the comedy just goes. When you are experiencing that joy inside you and humor is part of your life, it's easier to come out with the comedy and it is important to understand also that comedy also comes from drama, like the most incredible dramatic moments that you can see in life. If you separate yourself from that drama and you put yourself in a position to observe with distance, you can see that it's are funny. <laughs> they are funny. So if I have to work in comedy or drama, I just take in consideration that I need to enjoy the process. And those emotions are um, just playing some different parts of me as an actress, because sometimes you don't have time. You have like one day to prepare the audition and send it. It is important to have them like, I mean, very, very easy to grab them and just put them there. Well, so much of comedy is timing, right? And I think it's really challenging if you're doing something like an audition tape without an audience to gauge if you've delivered the right timing almost, right? And so I think just speaking on the friends issue, I recently read Matthew Perry's biography, his autobiography, which he talked a lot about the character of Chandler Bing and creating Chandler Bing and stepping into that role one of the things that he did was put the emphasis on the wrong syllable in the sentence or in the phrase. And it became 
kind of his trademark as the character, but it also was consistently funny because it wasn't what you would necessarily expect from someone just reading off the script, so to speak. And so I think that we each bring our unique ideas to comedic roles too. I've never been a comedian. I'm not great with delivery and timing and things like that. And I won't ever claim to be an actress, at least not in my present life. But I've known many who have gone through the rigors, either as comedians who have stand-up careers or who are actors. And everybody has their own way, it seems, of getting into a character and how deep they feel like they have to go. And some will say things like, well, you know, I really just have to read something a few times, picture what it is to be this person, and then I'm going to do my best to deliver what that is. And it may or may not be what the casting director wants. I have no way to know, right? So you're speaking into the void in a way, and you may or may not hear back, and you just move on to the next one. You have to keep that sureness inside going so that you can go on to the next one. It is very important to keep in mind why you are doing this. When you get lost in just believing or wishing that you have success and you become a celebrity and stuff, you're losing the, the real intention about put yourself there and do this specific work. I try to keep in mind why is the reason I'm doing this. Sometimes I just get lost and then I have to remind to myself what is the real idea about this. I want to have fun doing this. When If I start suffering and it's not anymore fun for me, I just need to quick. <laughs> Fine. Yeah. Figure out your next role and perhaps lean into psychological work, right? <laughs> totally. So far, it is part of keep the balance and find joy in, in that path. Yeah. Find joy every day. Good morning happiness, right? Now, if you could pick any role to play, given that you're so focused on developing in this acting career, as well as producing your own work, what would your dream role be? Who would you love to play? A superhero. This is one of my dreams. I really am looking forward to make an audition for Marvel Studio, for all those studios that actually are very focused on superheroes and these badass women. For me, of course, you don't ever get the chance to choose what do you and I mean, sometimes it's just you have to keep working because it's part of the business. That's why it's important to be a producer also, because you have more control of what you want and the character you want to play or just because you want to tell the story, share the story in the way you want. So when you are playing a character, you at the end, I mean, the editors if they, or the director, if they want to cut the part that you thought was amazing, you don't have control at all. So um, even though I have very clear those roles in my mind, and I'm pretty sure that the opportunity is coming, but in the meantime, I want to create my own projects. That's why I'm finalizing this treatment and I'll be producing it this year. So tell me more about this project that you're producing. It's based in a true story. It's a woman. Not very sure if I want to be the lead in this story or just the producer because I know how hard it is to do both at the same time. So for now, I know this story needs to be shared and put into the world. 
This is a story of this woman who is willing to risk everything so she can accomplish that dream. And this is just a little bit. <laughs> a teaser. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So many things happen in her life. And then she realized what is exactly the most important thing is kind of what we've been talking about. Be connected to the life purpose. This sounds like another work of drama as opposed to something in the comedic role. Is there a specific genre that you want to spend more time producing work in, be it drama, comedy, maybe even documentary? Come on, Good Morning Happiness is using laughter therapy as a co-helper. So for me, comedy was my medicine. I mean, humor, it is still my medicine. Laughter is part of what I need in my life. So even though I'll be working on dramatic roles and sharing real stories or not, <laughs> I need comedy in my life. So uh, those are the projects that I really want to put all my efforts well, with your dream of being in a superhero role, often those are fairly dramatic, but there's always some element of comedy built in too, right? Catchphrases and moments of relief that I think become iconic, right? That's totally true. You can be a superhero in, a, in playing in a comedy. Why not? I mean, everything's possible. This is art. <laughs> I mean, look at what Ant-Man is like one of the biggest ones now and really is purely comedy. Now, I would love for you to, in your mind, picture the Hollywood of your dreams. Perhaps it's different than the one that you thought existed before you arrived here. But just describe to us what the Hollywood of your dreams, let's say the future Hollywood would look like, and how it's different from today. Oh my God, you're so good doing this. <laughs> you're I'd like to ask my guests if they could picture the ideal future when it comes to climate activism and things like that, because it can be so dreary and daunting sometimes when we get bad news after bad news about climate change. And so I figured I'd just adapt that a little bit for Hollywood. Beautiful. Thank you for asking that. It is happening because I can see that inclusion for sure. Inclusion means no rejection because you have an accent or because of your ethnicity or any physical limitation, inclusion. This is the world that I want to bring <laughs> today. And inclusion 360 grades, yeah, I'm talking in, in Spanish. <laughs> I think we get it, 360 degrees. Exactly. And that is all we need, that everybody can really can be part of this business, no matter what. No more excuses. That is the Hollywood that we need and as a community, as a family living in this world, not anymore separation about we are different and we all need each other. We are part of this world and it's our house and we need to take care of the world and each other. I know this is, this is a wish, okay? I'm dreaming. <laughs> but we can move forward for positive change. I know Recently, with the SAG strike that went on for far longer than I thought it would, so many roles and jobs just kind of stopped in the dust for a while. I think we're presently still in the void of content. Like a lot of content that would have been produced had to be halted for some time. So another dream I add to this story is one in which all of our creative talents are respected and people are paid fairly. 
with fair labor practices. Because too often, it seems, the interests of the big studios come before the interests of the actors and the writers and everyone creative behind the scenes that brings these intricate human stories to life, whether they be comedies or dramas. And so I hope that we're through some of that. I fear that AI and advents in technology will continue to kind of bring this back into focus from time to time. But I hope the worst of it is over. And I don't know if you have a personal perspective on that, but if you do, I'd love to hear it. I mean, the strike was for a very important reason and it's very subjective. I know people are against to, I see, but you wanted to strike and, and people are just judging without really understand the meaning of what we are asking, respect, consideration. I mean, being paid because we deserve it. I mean, studios are just, you know, all the people there, it's kind of a selfish way to act, how you can just take advantage and say, okay, we can give you this. If you don't accept this, it doesn't matter. I'm going to do it in any ways. There is not respect and consideration for the job, all the efforts. I mean, I have so much empathy for my community of actors and everybody who is here just very investing so much time and money because we have this dream and we cannot consider our life without express. It's a need that we have. Plus, they need us too. I mean, we need each other. So it's, my perspective is that we need an agreement and we need really working towards our interests. We all need each other's and empathy. It is important to very specifically work in, in those emotions and feelings that are blocked because like we are in this program. When I was mentioning my program and Good Morning Happiness, uh, one of the things that I am very focused on is the fact that we need to update the software of our minds. And I believe we are just working in this whole matrix where we are kind of robots. I mean, doing by repetition things and no one is actually stopping and reflecting about how, what are the consequences of what you are doing? You are the head of a big studio or everything. You have that power and as a government and, you know, just talking about in general, whatever you're doing, it's affecting in so many ways, so many people. So is empathy is something that I cannot see often. And we really need to work and put so much love. And I know it's hard, but I've been training myself for that. Every time that a person is in that position, I'm just trying to send love, even though I'm hating that person. <laughs> but I'm just trying to put the right frequency against that bad frequency, because that is what the world and the human being need. I feel compassion for those people because in life, everything can turn against you. So it's like, it's challenging because you are feeling other emotions, but then I, I just have to channelize that and put that love in those people so they can actually reflect and that love can affect in a positive way their decisions. Well, the psychology of that, I think, is very well-founded because the more that you express gratitude, the more that you express love, the happier that you can become too. And I mean, heck, 
that Beatles song, Love is All You Need. There's so much truth to that, that I think we need to remember that. Given too that this show is really an invitation to care more about specific issues so that we can create a better world, I invite my audience to think about what it's like to be involved in so long of a strike when you're really just fighting to keep the small royalties from a streaming film so that you can continue to do the work that is important to the inner workings of the entire entertainment industry, whether that be writing for a show or acting in it or producing or even being someone who is delivering coffee and lunches to everybody working on a set. I mean, you're involved in the production and that show continues to earn the studio money. They should also be paying the people who are involved in it. And that's really what the whole thing was about. So I think you pointing out that it's just important to have compassion. And even when you're going up against those studio execs to try and give a little love back, perhaps even in the feedback that you provide. Like, I understand you're under a lot of pressure to turn profits for the studio and a publicly traded company, but we also matter. And here's how you making these choices affects the 150 people that worked on this single episode of a show, you know? And I'm sure there's more than 150 people worked on Griselda. I mean, I've watched the film. There was a big cast and what else, but... Rich, yeah, it was huge. I'm <laughs> filmed in Miami, I think, too, right on the spot, correct? No. No. Where was it filmed? Here, Los Angeles. Oh, really? In Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, Long Beach and, you know, part, but it was mostly in here, a very small part. I really felt transported to Miami. I assumed it was filmed there. So it goes to show the perception. They did a very good job making it feel like it was Miami. I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> A little secret. (laughs) Um, Hollywood secret, yes. Well, listen, thank you so much for joining me today. As we prepare to wrap, I'd like to offer all of my guests the opportunity to share either a closing thought or if there was a question that I haven't asked that you wish I had, you could ask and answer it. Mm, I think you cover everything. (laughs) Great. You're so good, really. (laughs) That's amazing. It really has been fun. And getting to know you while having had the opportunity to watch Griselda too, has just been such a joy. I thank you so much for joining me today. I hope that all of my audience will go and watch Griselda available on Netflix now. Keep it in that number one spot for a little while. <laughs> awesome. I have my Instagram account and all my social. Do you want me to say it? Yeah. So we have... Of course, the good morning happiness and then also your personal, which is just at Aurora Cosio. Is that correct? Correct. Uh huh. Yes. So I will include all of those links with show notes so people can go to the podcast notes or to the blog page and have direct links to everything. And I just, again, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks to you. It was very clear, <laughs> very deep conversation. Thank you so much for inviting me. I hope to see you in the next time. And I really have fun. Thank you. I mean, you know, ask the right question. Thank you for that. That gave me so much joy. <laughs> well, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Send you some love. <laughs> Bye-bye. While this may have been a small departure from the typical show that I host, I'm sure that you see too the themes that go throughout. 
there is a social impact to elevating the voices of women from different cultures around the globe and really getting them into this central main media stage so that more people can see people like them on the screen. It really helps to elevate our own mindset about the things that we can achieve on a global scale. Now, as promised, I will be sure to include links to everywhere that you can connect with Aurora Cosio, including her do-gooder social channel, Good Morning Happiness, on Instagram. I'll include how to find her on Netflix, The Griselda Show, and all the spaces that you can follow and engage with her. I'm sure we'll see much more of her in the years to come. Now, if you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe. And while you're at it, please leave us a five-star review, give us a thumbs up, leave a comment, whatever it is that you can do to engage on that platform. Each of these things will help us to reach more people so that we can create more good. Now, I like to close the show the same way every time with a little twist. And so I'll do the same today. Thank you now and always for being a part of this pod and this community, because together we really can do so much more. We can care more. We can be better. We can even build a more connected, egalitarian society that celebrates diverse voices and international voices like that of Aurora Cosio each and every day. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Care More, Be Better, a podcast for social good. To make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And share with your friends to help us reach more people and spread more social good. 